Welcome to the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kinghorn, co-founder and CEO of HBHM. We're a carbon neutral wellness brand and we're focused on the well-being of our customers and the planet. We produce a range of products designed to support a healthy lifestyle. This podcast is for our community. We'll have a range of experts in the health, fitness and wellness space designed to help you all improve many aspects of your life. For listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off our products at hbhm.com by using the code hbhmpod at checkout. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Healthy Body, Healthy Mind podcast. Today's guest is Meryl Cooper. So Meryl is a health and lifestyle coach and NLP coach, as well as a Great Britain international ultra runner, having represented her country at the Trail Running World Championships in 2019 and competed in high profile races around the world including the prestigious UTMB series of races in Chamonix, France. She's also a running coach and physical education teacher. So her experiences allow her to promote the best possible learning experience, environment, motivation, and mindset shifts needed to help her clients achieve their goals. Meryl, great to have you on today. How are you? I am good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Awesome to have you on. So you've told me that today is a rest day. So mm-hmm. how does a rest day look like in the world of Meryl Cooper? So um, a rest day today has involved, I've been, I've been working as normal, so I've had some kind of client calls, but I've been doing more of them actually like standing up because I've been trying to not be sitting all day. So obviously when you've, when you've got a rest day, yeah, you, you normally would be moving for a couple of hours so yeah I've done that I did a bit of a few sun salutations as well okay. um just to mix things up and keep my keep my body moving keep my my back quite nice and loose and yeah been eating eating lots yeah. <laughs> as well hydrating yeah that's kind of been it and how does recovery look like in general for you um so in terms of recovery to be honest I just feel I try to minimize stress in my life generally um, and by not trying to do too much. I've made that mistake in the past. So I just try to keep, you know, keep the diary not empty, obviously, but minimal, you know, not trying to just do too much. Um, so I think that helps keep stress down and also eating, just eating well, eating what I know works well for me, good yeah. balance, diet, whole foods, hydrating keeping moving as well that's something I probably um I'm working on a bit more is you know now that I've changed to health coaching as a career I'm sitting more so I'm trying to keep incorporating a bit of mobility every day just even small breaks and for every hour that I'm sitting I'll try and move for about five minutes or stand up I think think that's something that I found with it with working from home I'm definitely sitting a lot more yeah Um, you know when you're in when you're in an office environment or you know teaching you know like you are or whatever you're doing you're just you're generally moving around a lot more but when you're working from home like you get into this trap of just sitting at your desk and thinking oh god I haven't stood up in you know however many hours so yeah standing up or getting moving around the house is so key right now yeah definitely and 
uh yeah so so especially in this like week I've got a race on Sunday and I'm quite conscious of being in being in tip-top shape so I've been even better at doing my movement and the and um mobility this week cool so that well that was one of the things I was going to say you've obviously got a rest day today because you've got a big race on Sunday is it yep so which which race is it you're doing so I'm doing it's it's run by Ultra X Cool, and it is part of this. Actually, it's 125 kilometers over two days, but they've also you have the option that you can just do the second day, and that's what I'm doing. So I'm doing the 50 kilometer race on the Sunday. Okay, it's basically from Fort Augustus to Doors, all along kind of with Loch Ness to your left. So it should be pretty nice if the weather's nice. Nice one. Yeah, nice one. Oh well, all the best for that. Um, I'm sure it'll be good. Is this your first race this year? It is my first yeah. race this year. Yeah, right. yeah. Thought, thought it must be. Um, <laughs> hasn't been much, hasn't been much to do so far. So. No. Oh well, all the best. Look forward to seeing Thank you. So I wanted to to bring it back a bit now. So I realised uh, when I was preparing for the podcast that we've probably known each other for 23 years believe it or not oh my gosh yeah I know it's crazy (laughs) um so obviously you know we we, for anyone who doesn't know uh, Meryl and I went to school together um so yeah it goes a long way back 23 years ago roughly when we must have first met um and it was through school and football um, and things like that that we knew each other back then um but recently sort of reconnected through our Mm. both of our running journeys and um, you know, in this day and age through social media and stuff, you catch up with people and see how they're getting on. So, but do yeah. you want to just kind of bring us back a bit, just a wee bit about, you know, who you are and where you're from and where you've been more importantly over the last few mm. years? Yeah. So I grew up here in Aberdeenshire and grew up on a farm. And I just, I've always loved playing outdoors and just being super active I suppose and that's very easy when you are growing up in the country and I was really lucky I got exposed to quite a lot of different sports when I was younger I think even at our school you know we were really lucky we had a, a you know, really sporty groups of friends and kind of did everything P teachers also really just I still remember like getting roped into doing a hockey tournament once in Inverurie and had never played hockey before but um, did it and uh, yeah just just really you know even cross country in Huntley and things like that I actually really didn't enjoy cross country and running when I was when I was at school um, I enjoyed the sprinting side of things but yeah just love team sports. It was always about, you know, playing football, enjoyed basketball, dancing and so on. So yeah, always been super sporty. It's been a huge part of my life. Um, you know, my friends generally are always very sporty too. And, um, and yeah, I think I, I, that obviously led to me getting into career of PE teaching. I kind of knew from a young age, I really wanted to do that. And left school after fifth year, went in, went and studied in Edinburgh. Worked down there for a good few years. Absolutely loved it. I actually was really involved in dancing down there too. That was a sport I did all my life, but um, it took more of a focus when my first job was kind of, I was a PE teacher, but I also had responsibility for dance at the Mary Erskine School. And yeah, that 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 was great. But then decided I really wanted to go abroad 
kind of wanted to try out international teaching. I thought, well, why are you a teacher? You can go anywhere in the world that has international schools. So started looking at where and ended up going to the UAE yeah. and spent kind of six or seven years living in Dubai. And it was out there actually that again, was able to get really involved in sport. There wasn't much dance out there. So that kind of changed. And I actually then got back more into playing football. And then I kind of wanted to get a bit fitter for my football, started doing some running. And then from there, I just started running more and more. I got a bit hooked with like, okay, now I'm getting faster. Okay, I want to get my 10K PB under 50 minutes. I want to get it under 40 minutes um, and so on. And yeah, kind of all started there. To be, to be honest, the first time I actually did a trail race was in Dubai would you believe it it was out in the desert an hour outside of Dubai um, and from then on I was just hooked <laughs> yeah cool well, well we'll come back and talk about your running and all your achievements of which there are many uh, in the <laughs> running uh, space since you've taken it up a bit more seriously so yeah but I just, I just remember from from back you know back at school I think there was always a, a competitive drive to you I remember that you know um, and myself <laughs> I think we I think we both had that element yeah. of you know, I'm, I'll still lay claim to the fact that I won the 100 metres at Sports Day. Um, I think you, so you were the male sprint, always the male sprint winner, <laughs> and I was always the female sprint winner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. so I just, I just remember there was always that competitive nature to both of us, and it's been awesome to uh, to mm. see how you're, you've developed since then, and, and now yeah, taking and you. Yeah, yeah, cheers, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I want to get on to, you know, your, your health coaching now then, so mm. how why health coaching how did you get involved in that space well I suppose with P teaching as a as my career I've always been promoting like a healthy active lifestyle and that's like you know that was much more my interest than you know developing high performance teams okay. from the school capacity and I've got to say I did find that in my last job out in Dubai the focus in the school we were we were the top sports school in the UAE and the focus was very heavy on performance and I realized then I think that my kind of something there in my values it wasn't quite sitting right as it was it less importance was being put on kind of sport for all and developing people more holistically so not just about their performance but the mental side of it so developing confidence and you know letting everyone achieve success in in PE so that they will then have something so whether that is dance whether it is a team sport whether it's just fitness and they like prefer the gym side of things or yoga so on that we were able to you know for people to go on after school and have a lifelong participation in physical activity um so that's just always been there and and as I kind of got more competitive with my running I realized I wanted also a bit more flexibility so it was the the move was partly passion driven I also in Dubai met a lot of health coaches out there who are very good friends and I got very interested in coaching as well I was doing that in teaching as a a coach and a mentor for my colleagues and I trained other coaches in the school other teachers to become coaches um and I just 
I just got very interested in it. And it was a friend of mine out in Dubai who had done the course, which I then went on to do um, with the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. Um, so yeah, I think from, from that, I then obviously started getting more serious with my training. And then I felt, you know, my work-life balance, it needs to improve as well. So I can be as kind of fulfilled as I can be. I wanted training to be a big part of my life. I wanted the racing to be, and that requires a bit of flexibility, uh, more flexibility than what teaching full time can offer. Because it's quite hard when you get seven weeks off in the summer to ask for a week off in the term to go and do a race. Um, and one of the biggest races of my sport is the UTMB weekend. And that is the first week back at school. Okay. Um, so it, it pulled me away from full-time teaching. And I thought, well, this is a passion of mine. I love coaching. I love health. It's still allowing me to help people. It's just now adults more that I work with mm. um, to do the same, the same thing. So yeah, decided to, to shift, to retrain and set up my, my business. And how is that, how is the differences between uh, teaching kids at school and coaching mm -hmm. adults? Uh, Not much. <laughs> no, um, it's, it's I, I just love it. Like I absolutely, I love the, the ability to just have this one-to-one -one time with people. Yeah. I love the groups as well, but it is, it's just great. It's the, the amount of progress that people make in program you know over the program and the the change to their life which is for a lifetime it's not just for the time we're working together yeah. um and you can't really ask for much much more than that it's yeah, just you're, you're not trying to make you're not, you're not trying to make any quick fixes it's not no not at all quick. you're looking to make genuine shifts in these people like these people's mm -hmm. lives and that must be you know, the, that must be the driver for you, right? You know, you, you, if you see changes and seeing people improve your life, you must get so much satisfaction in seeing that happen. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible. I, I come off my calls with clients. I'll switch off Zoom. I'm just like, I love my job. Like, it's just <laughs> amazing. It's just so, so nice. And, and then not, not every session, you know, it's not, and that's not what I want at all. I actually yeah. really want... <laughs> difficult situations to come up in our programs so it's not always progress going like this at all yeah. it is very much like this is up and down with with life and the things that are thrown at us yeah. um and I like it and I, and I know my clients know I really like it when something goes wrong because it's like <laughs> yes we can really like learn from this and because it will happen again and we get a chance to work through it together in the time so yeah yeah, well, I really, life, really life. enjoying it. Yeah. And, and I, I've got to have no, um, at the moment I focus on adults, but I'm sure as I, the business grows more, I will be able to work with, with teens again. And yeah. Yeah. And I do talks. I still do quite a lot of talks with schools okay. um, about kind of mindset stuff mainly, but yeah. I would love to do more by, you know, if you eat better, how you'll learn better. And yeah. so, yeah on the horizon and and li life's not easy in plain sailing so i suppose no. you know when there are bumps in the road for your clients you know they 
I suppose you must a big part of it must be you must you know holding them accountable as well and and helping mm-hmm. them develop and the goals that you've set is you know you they need you to keep them accountable and that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, definitely. And and like you say about goals, um, like they evolve. So I got that's a that's a big part of coaching as well as that adaptability and 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 as the program goes on you know over six months pretty much everyone's goals evolve yeah because we can't really predict what is going to happen in six months time yeah um and yeah no and accountability is a huge part of it that's obviously a huge bit of um of coaching and and the group coaching you get you know even more uh so it's yes yeah, so that's a so it's a combination of you do some group coaching and some one to one. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And how does the group coaching do they do they also help like hold each other accountable as part of that as well? Then and it's yeah. not just on you. Yeah, definitely. And um, and relationships form out of the group. So yeah, you know when the power of sharing out loud with a group. And also that that's that's huge. It's so much more likely that you will do something that you say that you're going to do if you have shared it out loud and the same with your goals. But I think it just it really helps to boost confidence when you're with a group yeah. because you hear ah, they're also find that challenging. Um, and then also the group just kind of kind of accumulates more ideas together. Yeah. Yeah. So some of like, you know what? to improve my home environment, which is a huge part of primary food, which I think we'll go into probably at some point in this call. Um, I remember in our last group coaching, one of the, one of the ladies came up, well, talked about an idea of, you know, just doing 15 minutes of house tidying. Okay. And, you know, she mentioned that idea from that worked for her in the past. And, you know, another girl in the group was able to take that on and, 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 and it was just life-changing because yeah. that worked that worked so well for her and and yeah and that was learning that wasn't me giving advice and yeah. at all and and I love that I love as much as possible everyone else to do it and yeah. I'll only give recommendations and advice where it's you know where you don't it's something that you don't know and you're stuck yeah but as much as possible as a coach I'm obviously trying to get people to come up with their own solutions yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's full circle as well, because, you know, you learn from it as well. So you're the coach, yeah. in, this, you're the coach in this environment, but Definitely. the reality is you can learn from some, some stuff from your either one-to-one, I suppose, but especially the group sessions. Yeah. You know, you're able to take some stuff on board that you can then, um, you know, impart on some of your other clients as well. Yeah, totally. And I think that's, you know, that is why I've probably ended up in coaching Yeah, is because it is about learning yeah. And also why I'm probably an ultra runner yeah. <laughs> because that is about learning. Yes. Um, and if you, yeah. And, and a big part of my coaching calls is raising awareness of what your strengths are. I think that's such an important thing that we, if we are more aware and we're, we're living more in line with them, we are so much happier <laughs> and yeah. more fulfilled and just getting more satisfaction every day. So yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned primary food there um, mm-hmm. a second ago. So, so what what is primary food and how does that sort of play a part in your coaching then? So basically, primary food. There's primary food and secondary food. Okay. This is part of 
integrative nutrition in which I'm obviously trained in and I completely believe that this is the philosophy that we should follow in terms of improving our health and secondary food is like the foods that you eat and the beverages that you consume so the food that's on our plate basically and then primary food are all the other areas that helps us to basically thrive okay and all the other parts that make up our lives so things like there well, there are four four main areas of primary food and they are your relationships your spirituality your physical activity and your career okay and then there are loads of others like your home environment your spirit uh, your, your joy your home cooking your creativity education okay areas like this okay so Basically, we just we need to be like satisfied in those areas for us to thrive. So if we're, you know, I'm sure we've all felt like this at some point point when we're in a really a job that we just do not love or we haven't exercised for a week. And basically our level of satisfaction goes so low in there and then we just feel really off and through health coaching, you regularly check in with these areas okay. and we're, we're constantly taking very small action steps to increase your levels of satisfaction in them. Yeah. And that is what ultimately will allow you to just feel more content and yeah. to perform at your best. And possibly I know the word balance is a little bit controversial, but you know, you've whatever, again, the, in, in terms of with that, the circle of, it's called the circle of life as well, which you can look at and it's got all the areas of primary food. But in there, for example, spirituality, you might, you might be quite happy if spirituality is like a five out of 10. Say yeah. we were to put it on a scale okay. of zero to 10. And that's fine because that's you and that's you as an individual. You're quite happy with that. But for example, for us, we probably need our physical activity to be 10 out of 10. And that's our balance. Um, And that, and that's important. It's important for you to, to achieve the balance that you want, that that makes you feel best. And only, you know, that. So it's a case of, again, coaching. I'm never telling people, okay, you need to get that up to 10. It's like, well, what number do you want that to be out of 10? Is it a six? Is that would that make you feel a lot better? And a lot of them are like, yeah, actually, you know what? Yeah, six creativity for me, six. Yeah, I see what you mean because um, yeah, we for yeah, as you just said, I, the example of us, we want our physical activity to be probably one of the highest yeah. um, parts, you know, parts of that uh, circle of life. Um, whereas for others, they might be really struggling in their career for example so they, mm-hmm. they are in a job that they're stressed with don't like then they can't see right now how they could get their physical activity higher yeah. than where it's kind of, i suppose is that how it all works and comes together is that you need and i, and I suppose the other, the other thing is going through my head i suppose this year you know we often look at nutrition as only being the food that we eat but mm. if if you're stressed in your job you're not working out enough you don't have a great relationship you don't have a good home environment then it doesn't really matter what's on your plate because all these things are out of sync is that exactly completely right and Mm -hmm. in terms of um 
you know, we, we can probably all see how we can be so full of secondary food yeah. in a way that we neglect our primary food and we can be so full of primary foods that we don't, you know, we don't have to obsess and focus over our secondary foods so much. Okay. Um, and, you know, cravings, emotional eating, all of these things are all linked to what's going on in your primary food. Okay. Um, there may be an imbalance in the secondary food somewhere, but 90% of the time it is coming from primary food. And that's why it's such an important area that's often overlooked. Yeah. And that's, that is kind of the, the secret to health coaching really is we, we, we look at not just, well, integrative nutrition health coaches. We don't just look at the food on the plate. Yeah, it's a lot bigger and, but over time, it's it's incredible the improved relationship people have with food, and no longer have to really obsess over it. Yeah. Okay. As this just a much better balance because they are generally happier. Yeah. Living a life that's fuller and richer in primary food. Yeah, and so so one of the uh, elements of the circle of life you mentioned there was spirituality. So mm. is that things like meditation, journaling, that side of things yeah it it can be they would definitely be examples and it can really be whatever makes you feel calm okay. and that have time of peace or even maybe a connection to something wider than than just you yeah um so for some people it could be like charity work that they do might okay. be yeah. their spirituality um you know it doesn't it doesn't feel like work but it feels like they are giving back and helping you know a wider serving a wider community than just themselves but then for for others it might be even being in nature might yeah. be the time that just gives them peace and calm and tranquility and can just relax really yeah but yeah a lot of a lot of i really i'm a big fan of mindfulness okay and yeah and what, what, sort of, of, what sort of mindfulness practices do you personally uh, do undertake? Like, what do you do? So I do in I do kind of breathing in my own part of my mobility that I do each day. Okay. Got breathing exercises, and also Headspace app. I quite yeah. often use that for ten minutes, and I love what they've got on Netflix at the moment too. I think they're okay. great. I see that they're on there. I haven't. I use an. I use the Headspace app, but mm. I haven't actually looked at the Netflix. I saw that they're on there, but I didn't they're know. They're great. Okay. They're a little bit longer. So again, with with a lot of my clients who want to bring in some spirituality and and on some mindfulness, we always look at starting really really small. Okay. And so, for example, the Netflix is twenty minutes. Yeah. So that might be a bit unachievable, but that might be like if you've got a really clear week. And okay, you work on trying to get in a couple of 20 minutes um, Netflix headspace sessions, yeah. not, not get distracted and go on a, <laughs> a binge of uh, yeah. watching some series. <laughs> but, um, or it might be that, okay, I've only got time to do a basics headspace 10 minutes, or I'm going to literally just sit and grind my feet and do five breaths. Yeah. And a lot of people have like with their watches, reminders that they can set to just stop and breathe for for one minute yeah okay it's like um, I quite often will just 
for one minute, he'll try and get as few breaths as possible. Yeah. And just slow down my heart rate really low. Reconnect, obviously, with the parasympathetic nervous system. Make sure your belly breathing. Yeah. And yeah, it's amazing. Not lovely way to reset. Cool. And that's a big part of my recovery as well. Because, yeah, yeah we just need it. And do you generally do that a lot? You mentioned like your mobility stuff. So do you do your like stretching, mobility, that type of thing as at the same time as your breathing and that type of thing as well? It's actually, yeah, breathing, the breathing exercise is the first thing I do before I do my get into like my strength and conditioning or okay. into the mobility stuff. Yeah. And do you yeah. then generally do that? Like, so do you do your any breath work or, or meditation or anything at the beginning of the day or is it just whenever you fit it into your schedule i kind of do it whenever okay. whenever i it fits in and and yeah i don't have a well my morning meditation is going for my run i probably yeah. would say like yeah, that yeah. happens every morning and i run in the trails every day i don't i avoid tarmac <laughs> so i'm like always going into nature and that's that's a big part of it i think for me yeah to be honest. Mm. yeah it's right i mean you know we I've, I've spoke about it before on this podcast i've spoken about it on so many other things is that you know running is as much for physical health as it is for mental health mm-hmm. so i take it that's the same for you is it yeah definitely i i feel that that's probably the one one of the times in the day where you can just guarantee you are really present, especially when you're on in the trails and you've got to watch you don't trip over a route or <laughs> or fall down a, a rocky trail downhill or yeah, so really keeps keeps you in the moment. Yeah, and, and then you, find that you, with ultra running as well, yeah. and I'm, and that's like a big part of, for example, this weekend, my race strategy is all about being in the moment and whenever I go off and maybe start having negative thoughts or you might think about a competitor or the finish line even it's just like bring back to yeah, okay. the moment and like that's why I'm, that's kind of the mindfulness stuff that I'm, I'm always doing in terms of performance as well yeah. I suppose that's where the you know all, all the you know because at the level you're at now you know you're at a, a, a good high level in your race and you, you've got a chance of winning the majority of races that you go into now so these are the small edges you're now adding to your running that can mm-hmm. help you get those extra percentages yeah definitely yeah and how much how much for you i asked i asked kyle greg this recently mm-hmm. um on the podcast it'll be interesting to get your answer um how much so because you're doing, you know, these long ultra races, um, like what I know you're doing a 50k at the weekend, but what's the longest one that you've done? Just so I can put this into context. Um, so the longest would probably be CCC, which was 100 kilometers. 100k, okay. But it was time-wise, it was quite long. I think she'd really know this. Was I maybe around 14 hours something? Yeah. Um because it was so hilly because it was like 6,600 meters of elevation gain. Yeah. So in, in these races, how much of it is physical ability and mental? So what would be the percentage split you, you think is mm-hmm. physical to mental? Cause it's, it's weird. You get a different thing from every person. 
Yeah. I would probably say, well, again, it, it depends on like the level. Yeah. Um, but this might be wrong. <laughs> I know it's I not wrong. It's like not a wrong Ryan, answer because it's you. Yeah. Like, like maybe 60 physical, 40 mental. Okay. I know that I know a lot of people are like it's more mental. Yeah. But I think, but maybe again, like I've always worked so much on the mental side of things that it's yeah. maybe just so much of it is automatic now. That, yeah, it's in there already. Yeah. Um, that was the same as what Kyle said, by the way. Oh, he did was, he? It was very similar. So. Oh, interesting. Um, but some, you know, you hear some people and they really talk about the mental side being so much mm-hmm. more than the physical. But I sort of do think as well, you definitely need the... Um, you know the physical without question but you know the, it, there's a big part of it is the mental side as well so yeah um, yeah cool. I think I think for anyone that doesn't read about it or do any I don't know anything consciously that they are trying to improve their mental side of it it's definitely missing a trick because yeah. then they're clearly not aware <laughs> at all yeah. to that stuff and that's yeah and like, well, if both of us have said 60, 40, that's 40%. It's a huge, yeah. huge bit of it. So, so yeah, even just le- listening to some podcasts yeah. would be a great start. Um, mindfulness, I think, would be a great start because as well, it is yeah. really all about present moment and controlling yeah. what you can control and focusing on that. It's, yeah, and, and getting through the bad patches as well. You know, it's the... I think that's where the mental side takes over. You know, you are going through a a, a spell and a race that feels really tough, really mm-hmm. hard, and it's how you react to that. I think is yeah. um, where the the mental side really comes into it as well, Definitely. and being able to not panic and just you know get through it. Well, I, you know, I do marathons, so it's not quite the same distance as you, but you know, get into a tough spell in a marathon you know it, it, it will pass you'll get yeah. beyond that but yeah. sometimes you can let it beat you and that's happened to me I've let mm-hmm. it beat me and other times I haven't let it beat me so it's, totally. it's something you need to continuously work on and, and that yeah. and that is what we're doing in health coaching as yeah. well so in every health coaching session we look at whatever we're planning to do whatever our goals are and we look at what might get in the way like what problems, okay. what challenges might come up? What are we going to be faced with that we are going to have to overcome? Mm-hmm. And we stop and we actually plan how we will overcome these challenges. And that is is exactly the same process. That's what I'm doing in my training. I'm doing in my racing, in like race strategy. And that is exactly what I'm helping people do with their health goals. And that's how people end up in these yo-yo diet cycles because they've not, they don't have a plan B. It's like plan A, I'm going to go out and I'm going to eat completely clean and healthy. And they manage it for two weeks because they have only managed to give their 100% best effort and they've expected that they can give 100% best effort forever (laughs) which we can't so it's not realistic so I help people to um, come up with plan a b and c and that's how I race as well I have a a race goal of a b and c and we come up with that all our actions behaviors and so on that will help us to eat healthy 
So we've got, okay, C standard for a week where there's loads going on and we can't batch cook in advance. Yeah. You know, we've got all these things so we can keep making progress. We still achieve something and we're still moving forward towards our goals, but we, we can't keep our 100% best effort all the time. Yeah. Um, I love that. Is- I love that. You know, um, in the health coaching side, because um, I'm the same. You know, we're going into a race. You've got the ABC goal, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's really clever taking that into the the health coach practice side of things as well. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I call it like bronze, silver, gold. Okay. Obviously, being sport related to yeah. so you have like your bronze standard, your your silver, your gold, and your gold standard is when like you know you've you've being able to if it's healthy eating that's your goal it's you've been able to make that your priority of the week yeah um but sometimes it's it's lesser because stuff happens yeah and it's well, the same in ultra running and... it's the same in marathon mm. race stuff happens yeah and then the people who are most successful have planned for the the challenges and the barriers yeah. and they've got a plan to overcome it so they're prepared yeah, and you can still achieve a bronze at the end of it, even if you've exactly. had a tough week. <laughs> so you've still got that sense of achievement as well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's really clever. That's cool. That's really cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nice. So the other part of your health coaching um, is the Eat Well, Run Well program. So <laughs> how, how does that look? What's, what, what's involved in that? So that's my only uh, group coaching program at the moment that I do, and it's a small group, okay. and it is very similar to the one-to-one so my one-to-one programs are most typically six months long uh, but this is three months long and it is a group but again the everyone that comes they um set goals one month goals three month goals and six month goals for the for the program i know it's only three months long but i like them to think even longer term as well and and see where it's all going to fit and yeah, the health coaching calls take place once every two weeks. And so twice a month we meet and we discuss and I will, I will, there'll be a bit of education in it in terms of nutrition side of things. It really depends on the goals of the group. Yeah, so it's completely yeah. tailored to, to the goals of the group. And everyone leaves with one or two action steps to move forward in you know towards their goals whatever they are and it all depends like some some weeks I can never predict what people are going to go away with because it is all about in the moment again mm-hmm. that's a mindfulness it's like what is going on now and that's that's where we need we need to start from where we are now with mm-hmm. everything and we're all so focused on like future everything like that but we need to start where we are and take small steps from that so yeah a big a big bit of it is every week the first kind of question I ask is what's new and good okay so we review what has happened and all this all the small changes because we we very rarely have time or even spot them and it just that is such a key part of people making continued progress yeah because they reflect they so that, reflect so that, on what's, that what's what's happened either new or good in their life since the last session is that yes what yeah okay. yeah exactly so they get that chance to just really reflect on everything that's been going on and again it's that awareness increasing their self-awareness of 
themselves and you know we live in a really fast-paced life that a lot of the time we don't ever have this time to just stop and put ourselves first and acknowledge all the the positive steps and efforts that you're making to improve your health and yeah just through that process the people in the sessions are becoming an expert of them their own health yeah through that increased awareness and I think that's where a lot of people um, go wrong and get really confused about all the information that's out there in the health world of like you know go vegan go keto whatever and and it is because for some people keto is the right diet for them and that's a big part of health coaching too is bio-individuality yeah um, so, you know, one one person's food is another person's poison. Yeah. So I don't try and prescribe a one diet that fits all because it doesn't exist. And that is why you will get such a convincing argument yeah. out there on social media, online, and you're seeing all this mixed stuff of, yeah, vegan is the right diet, keto is the right diet. And that is because it genuinely will be for those people. Yeah. But you need to work out what is right for you. And the only way to do that is to stop and take some time slow down a bit share out loud what's going on and, and take that time to reflect yeah and you become much more aware and that's that's yeah it's such yeah, an love, important part of it i love the bio bio individuality that mm. you mes- mes- mentioned there as well because you're right i mean there is people could argue you know people in regards to food on total opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum could argue both ends and you'd be like god i believe both of them so it leaves yeah. you in this it leaves you in this um, place where you're like god what am i meant to do and and no mm-hmm. wonder people get so confused so it's it's great that they can you know go to people like you that can just take strip everything right back let's figure out what's right for them and mm-hmm. at the end of the day that's all that matters isn't it it doesn't yeah. matter everyone exactly. else exactly and and yeah we do like food diaries so you you get that chance to like really see how how is the food i'm eating and and the stuff in my environment as well and all the primary food stuff how is that making me feel physically emotionally and we we track this stuff over time and not every day we just do it for little pockets of time and yeah it helps you to see patterns yeah. You know, the, these maybe emotional eating patterns, craving patterns and so on, and kind of finally get to the bottom of them. And yeah. uh, maybe there's digestive issues that yeah. are there and you've never made time to sort them out. Yeah. Um, we would never, you know, we would never let our child, if we've got a child, have, you know, stomach issues for ages or like a skin condition for ages but as adults we often do because we're so busy with our our jobs and our life and balancing everything so I think it's just really great people taking take this time to to get to the bottom of it and yeah and it's an amazing life-changing process by the end yeah Amazing. Awesome. Love it. So mm-hmm. let's uh, go a bit deeper into your running journey now then. Oh. So um, how I know we've touched on bits of it throughout the conversation so far, but um, Meryl, I mentioned at the start, you're a GB international ultra runner, which is absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. So <laughs> congratulations on that. And I'm sure we'll see you back in uh, GB vest again, hopefully. But how did it all start for you? How did you get involved in running? Mm-hmm. So 
I remember in Dubai, there was a, like, when you're an expat, you tend to like, so I became quite good friends with the Scottish people <laughs> in Dubai. And there was a Scottish friend that I'd been connected to, Barry, um, and he was friends of colleagues from, from school in Edinburgh. And he was, he was, I remember he was entering this like trail race Actually, it was before that he invited me to go along to train, to do some running training with his, not his coach, but a guy that he just went along and did this running with. And it was like with this group of endurance athletes. So some were did Ironman, some okay. did motocross biking. Okay. And like there was even like Sam Sunderland was there, who's like won the Dakar rally. He's like a Red Bull sponsored rider. <laughs> yeah. So like. I went along and it was all men and then just me and I was just playing football at this time I was playing football about four times a week so I was fit from it but no running specific yeah. fitness and the session I remember was two hours long okay so I think I basically went right in the deep end and like it wasn't we were we did a warm-up for about 20 minutes but like you know when you when you're not a runner that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> so when I did a warm up and then it was like we then had like an interval session or something and then we did a cool down and, and there was quite often some strength exercises and so on. But anyway, I basically ended up um, going to that. That was once a week. And then I would probably do another run myself. And there were just local races. I definitely did some road races first. Okay. And then I remember this guy, Barry, who'd got me along to this running session. He was entering this trail race and it was like, I think it was in, in the dark. So it was like a night trail race. Okay. And I remember just thinking, he is bonkers. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, how can you run on trail in the dark? Like with a head torch, how can you see where you've got to go? And I just thought it was the most bonkers thing and like so hard but I was very intrigued yeah. <laughs> so I think I entered that race maybe the next year or something so I ended up actually doing it and it really uh yeah just yeah well looking back but what now I do you know I race for four hours in the dark sometimes as part <laughs> of a hundred kilometer race yeah, but back yeah. then I just yeah so it was kind of from through the people I met I then I couldn't believe it I got I got so much better at football like in terms of the level of football I was my best footballing I had my best footballing skill and decision making yeah. and everything when I was what about 32 okay. um so just a couple of years ago maybe it's three years ago now how old am I yeah no, we're, we're, <laughs> we're we're getting on this year aren't we uh, <laughs> yeah so and then that was because I was fit for the yeah. for the I was properly fit and that was from the running like doing the extra running so I just saw such progress with that and then I think also with the trail race because of football because of growing up running off-road around the farm I realized I actually could run on trail not that much differently to how I run on the road mm -hmm. um and I was just seeing these people like getting so slow on the trail next to me. I was like, why are they going like so slow? I like, this is easy for me. And I had no idea how 
I would find like technical trail running so easy but because yeah. of my sport background it just transferred and yeah that was kind of it yeah and then no looking back since then no and so when you did get the Great Britain vest um so that was the Ultra Trail World Championships mm-hmm. in 2019 did you say yeah so how did you qualify for that then and where was then the world champs and everything and how was the whole experience mm. so basically to qualify I think there was a deadline by December 2018 okay. to put in your running CV to the selectors and I it was like yeah it was late December or early January and um, but I had just raced my first ultra in July 2018 okay. so that that year that I had to put it in so I I booked a race in July 2018 these are all like in the school holidays because obviously I was teaching full time and then there was like a Eid break in December or November December so I went and did another race then okay so I did one in Austria and then I did one in Cape Town okay um, and yeah, so basically, then that was the first year I decided to race in that sport. I stopped playing football in the May kind of time. I was remember I had a 10k race and I wanted yeah. to go sub 40 for the first time. And I was like, okay, I'm not gonna. I need to retire from football because <laughs> it's too risky. I get injured, and I yeah. came off the pitch after about five minutes of my last game. So I was like, no, I don't want to get injured before my PB attempt on the weekends. <laughs> Um, so that was earlier that year and then did a race in Austria went really well I think I actually won that race and that was kind of the first ultra I did to like compete it was very technical so yeah. it played a lot to my strengths um, then I went and did the race in Cape Town and I came third and that was one a race on the ultra trail world tour yeah. Um and had you know even more competitive runners there so then yeah put my cv in and i was selected as a reserve which i completely expected if anything i you know i really thought i was like please take me as a wild card even as a reserve <laughs> like i thought that might be the way it would go and then i got called up in april that year as there was an injury in the team and I went as one of the, the six. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that when I raced, it was like my third proper international, yeah. international ultra race. And it was very different because I'd done a 75 K and I'd done a 65 K and then this was 44 K with 2,200 meters elevation. It was in Portugal. I should have had the advantage of being used to the heat, but it still felt very hot. (laughs) Um, You're still Scottish, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it was just the, I still, one of the most incredible bits of it was just meeting all the other members of the GB team, because these people were like my idols. Yeah. Um, You know, it was like Jasmine Paris was in the team um Ricky Lightfoot in the in the guys team and just was amazing and and also just to chat you know chatting over breakfast and dinner with people who 
I think I just had this impression that, you know, GB athletes would be not very normal people, but yeah. they were totally normal people. Right. <laughs> and again, a learning and, experience as well. Being able yeah, to and it was thing. just so nice to just meet such lovely, normal people who who do great things when yeah. you know in life but also when on the when they compete and yeah it was, it was great I didn't have the best race <laughs> um I I just I think I felt it felt very hard from the go I don't know if I went out too fast or what um but yeah it was a real battle that was the probably the hardest mental okay. race I've ever had and but I finished it and yeah I fell over quite badly at about 10 miles in so still and, like 16 miles or so yeah, to yeah and that was nothing to do with it being technical it was I fell over on a non-technical bit um which is the usually the way I fall over um but it was kind of a bit of a malfunction with my kicks my bottles were just like bouncing really yeah. badly and then and I think someone then bashed past me just a little bit but not much but it just sent me sent me over mm. um and it was very hard that was really it was a hard fall onto both knees on cobblestones and yeah like I couldn't bend my knees the next day yeah. uh, at all and it was yeah so it was it was challenging but, yeah. but the, I'm still the, doing it <laughs> the whole yeah and the, the whole yeah you didn't have a great race but I'm sure you know the the whole experience of being there overall mm. will, will now make you a better athlete from it definitely so. definitely and it was after then like I speak to a sports psychologist whenever I want to, you know, preparing for races and so on, like I say, the 40%, like it yeah. is worth investing in. Okay. And she's amazing. I like this, this lady is just so good. I absolutely love it. And, and I kind of just, you know, work with my, work out my race plan and strategy and with her. And I definitely, I started doing that after that race because it was just, it was such a tough mental race. Um, but yeah, the, the huge hugely exciting thing about that race was um that the managers said afterwards that that's, that was the first time everyone had finished from the team like okay, we had full yeah. full finishers okay. so 12 of us everyone finished and that is not common at all yeah. in ultra running at that okay. level yeah so good. I thought that was really cool, and I'm glad I was not a stat of a, <laughs> a DNF. Yeah, so. Brilliant. So, and so, what other um, you've mentioned? Obviously, I'm sure that was a highlight, regardless of the what happened with the race. <laughs> but what other running achievements have you got that you're you're proud of over the years? Um, I'm very proud of CCC. Okay. which was the first 100k I did. So that's and part of the UTMB series that I mentioned at the start. The CCC yeah. is one of the races there, is that right? It is. It is. Yeah. It's a 100 kilometer one and and it's it's often described as the world championship of ultra trail running that yeah. weekend. So the because yeah, all the best runners go there and I went into it and I was ranked I got an elite place which again was like a you know, a dream come true um, based on my results from my previous races and your ITRA score that you get. Okay. Um, 
and you have to qualify for it too. So you've got to do certain races and get UTMB points. Um, so I was ranked about 55 there and I got to start in the elite pen with like all my kind of heroes, which was quite overwhelming, but kept cool, kept the head together. And I finished 13th in that, which okay. for me, I, I, you know, I, I still think I could have done better because I held back. I finished so strong, um, but I just didn't, I wanted to go safe rather than go too hard and go yeah. home <laughs> at 50 K. Um, so I, I, I was pleased. I, you know, I was really pleased with that one. I think it was a strong performance in a very strong field, but also a high pressure event that gets to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think I raced smart and learned a lot that I, had to learn about nutrition before that and practiced it so well that you know I had a good day although I do think sometimes we can just have a bad day nutrition wise sadly mm. in our sport it can just be to do with your guts yeah um so as our changes so much mm. yeah so nutrition nutrition wise then for for you uh, for your during a race then uh, how does that look but also you know, in general, you know, what's your, what's your nutrition look like? Do you follow any particular, um, t- I know you don't follow a diet as such, but is mm-hmm. there any type of way you eat or anything like that? Yeah. Um, so in terms of my personal diet, and I suppose we can't call it a diet, but it's not, I'm not on a diet. It's just my diet, <laughs> um, is very much whole foods. Okay. So I, I eat, you know, whole grains, for my grains rather than refined carbohydrates i eat a lot of vegetables i do eat fruit not as much you know as vegetables are very very key i like to get as much kind of color in my diet as possible um try to get good quality protein i eat meat as well fish the whole lot but i will mix up and get as much variety as i can yeah so you know that might be eating kind of you know chickpeas bean curries some nights rather than it being um meat yeah. and just just generally mix it up okay um and also try get quite healthy fats in there too so i you know eat lots of nuts and seeds and flax milled or yeah. you know, ground flax seeds in my porridge um yeah that's kind of and through fish you know avocado so it's nothing fancy nothing it's very much i'd say a quite back to traditional kind of diets quite back to basics if you were to strip it back i don't i don't drink much alcohol i don't eat much processed food but i do sometimes it's not like there's nothing that's out of limits and i think that's an important thing I would say I eat kind of 85 to 90% healthy food yeah. and then 10 to 10, 10 to 15% not. Yeah. No, it just depends on what's going on. It might be again, my bronze, silver, gold yeah. type. I think, that's, I think that's healthy, you know, to be honest, yeah. back, back to what you were saying earlier, you know, to, to, eat healthily you know in inverted commas whatever that is um 100 of the time is so 
unachievable for the long term. So yeah. I think you've and it's and now there is also a a condition you know called orthorexia, which is if you do go too extreme in that healthy side of things, and and it's very common and it's common in a lot of athletes. Yeah. Um, but I I believe you know as an ultra runner, the hardest thing often is eating enough. So yeah. I I feel that if I try eat. 100% healthy which I wouldn't try to do but you know even going towards a 90% healthy can get quite challenging for yeah. me because then you you know when you're eating really well you are eating a lot of fiber in your whole grains and your fruits and vegetables and you're full like you feel very full and you don't need to snack in between meals that's why it's such a great strategy for weight loss if you are mm. trying to lose weight is to eat like really well you don't have to eat tiny portions because the food you're eating is lower in calories and full of fiber and all the nutrients that you need yeah. um so i like believe in counting nutrients okay. rather than calories when it comes to weight loss as well yeah. um so yeah and then so race day mm. what does your nutrition look like on race day then so for example, Sunday, you know, during the race, pre-race, what mm-hmm. types of things are you, are you eating? How does that look? So I will have my usual breakfast, which I always have, excuse me, I also have it before any long runs that I do. I will make sure that I, you know, have the same thing and practice it and I know how long after it I can then get going. Yeah. So I will have porridge, of course. <laughs> um, and... I will, I, I'll tend to keep it a little bit plainer on race morning, to be honest. Like it probably will just be porridge yeah. and milk. Um, I have, lact, I've got a mild lactose intolerance, so I have lactose-free milk and maybe some chia seeds in there. Okay. And that's about it. Um, and then I will have quite a big bowl and I'll have it about two and a half to three hours away from race starting okay um and then during the race i will it's like typically on sunday i can't give away my my fueling strategy no, I'm joking. Um, no, you have to give it away but generally <laughs> I'm joking. and the more people that learn to fuel properly in ultras i like generally all for it because it, again it's if we were to say physical mental and fueling for ultras then that would be an interesting percentage okay. combination um yeah so i will then look to take on about three gels an hour okay so every 20 minutes up in a gel dine i'll also have salt tablets okay during it to keep my electrolytes nice and balanced and i will be sipping water very regularly um and i will also use like some energy drink in my water too a bit more relaxed about that for the 50k um whilst i would be a bit more on that for a a longer longer race yeah Um, and on a longer race i would have like solid food as well i'd be eating quite a lot of solid food earlier in the race and then i'd move to more just gels in the second half okay and I play around with caffeine as well as you can. It's illegal yeah. <laughs> stimulants. Um, so I don't drink caffeine at all in okay. my usual life. 
but okay. I will um, dabble with it around a race and then, you know, obviously it impacts me more as well. So yeah. you can kind of use it a bit as a performance enhancer, yeah. a legal yeah. one. Obviously. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> nice one. Oh, well, no, that's, it's really interesting. And it's, mm. it's something you learn your nutrition, you know, specifically you know yes in in general life as well obviously it's something you're always learning more about but i think that's something that you're 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 always looking to improve and make you know better choices and it's just yeah. something, just something you learn i suppose isn't it yeah definitely and and yeah just you can only do your your best with it and yeah be kind of be creative i'm quite like some people like to have loads of choice. Like if they are in an aid station, they'd get up to an aid station and they'd eat, eat anything that's there. But um, I think this is more common and the more competitive you get, you kind of want to have tried and tested everything. Yeah. And I like I like that as well. I don't I don't think we really need all these unknowns. It's quite good to have your you know you've got your plan and you and you stick to it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes i think having options of things to eat i think it's a bit different when you get into like the 12 hour and 24 hour stuff like i get there that you're throwing down anything you can <laughs> you, you 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 might yeah you might need some options and what you feel like but um the races that that you can have gels and i think from a performance point of view they're they're the best really yeah yeah but they obviously they are pure sugar which again with from a health coaching point of view <laughs> i am not advocating that we have a high sugar at all in our diets like that's another thing which very low needs to be very low and mm-hmm. um, but sadly from a performance point of view it's still yeah. something that you need yeah yeah so oh well again. good good so i just wanted to um before we start rounding up chat about a couple of couple of communities that I know you are mm-hmm. part of and um, one of them you created yourself so Zoom Run um, mm-hmm. that you've developed obviously well I don't know when it was started but it was in COVID during the pandemic and it's uh, I've been along a few times mm-hmm. need to come along longer but yeah just tell, us a wee, tell, tell us a wee bit about Zoom Run and what that is and how that's developed over the, the, the time you've had it. Yeah so Zoom Run is it just makes me smile so much it's so much fun we um I basically started it I think it was around June 2020 okay. and it was like when yes the world was starting to we were starting to open up a little bit more then however we all kind of knew the end wasn't in sight so I kind of thought partly for that reason we you know it was still difficult to socially meet up with our people um but also for me personally, I was, I wasn't really in one place because I was, you know, traveling for races or whatever. I just thought it'd be nice for people to have a way that we, you know, something quite stable every week where you've got the same people around you. You've got a community that you can learn from, that you can bounce ideas off. Um, and yeah, just that meaningful social interaction. For me, though, there's so much more that I've never mentioned to the group. And if they listen, they're going to know. But I like in a way it's I'm trying to like spread a lot of the skills of coaching 
So I want people like I have not I've not made rules that you're not allowed to have your phone. But if you know, if it was if I was noticing people using their phones and not focusing on and listening, then I would say something. But it very much is. I love that everyone comes and they listen. There's nothing else going on. And we're just sitting, I know, which is not so great for our mobility, but we're sitting on it for an hour on Zoom and you are just listening to other people. You're like developing your listening skills. You are, you know, not listening to respond. You are listening to understand and, you know, no one's answering, interrupting and answering back. You get your time to talk and to share what what's working well and again it's this concept of celebrating and actually stopping and reflecting on what is working well in your training that's the first question I ask it's like what's working well tell us what's going well in your training what's going on um, and people get that time to stop and reflect on what you know they're quite proud of that they're they're managing to do and how they've you know maybe they've managed two strength and conditioning sessions this week or they have um prioritize sleep and they've managed to get more sleep it's not always just about running it is becoming a bit more holistic I would say um and some weeks it is all about running some weeks it's all about sleep or reading books or and <laughs> um, yeah so nice. and it's and then it's all about action as well so and that's again with such a huge part of coaching is we commit to taking an action step and focusing on an area that we know will improve our, our running. So if we were to put our running into a circle of life and it's lots of segments of, of our running and all the bits, okay, which bit's really low and let's pick out one bit and we'll just focus on one area, make an action step, commit to it. And everyone keeps making progress. So yeah. it's, it's amazing, it's grown. We're now about 15 people every week and we'd maybe have three or four back in June, July. Yeah. Um, and there's people that have been there from the start. We sometimes do virtual races together, which you were part of yeah. as well. And, um, you know, this weekend, there's a bunch of us are gonna be at the race and we'll meet for the first time in real yeah. life. It's so cool. Um, and yeah, you know, I've got a race in late district later this year, and Rosie's going to crew me from that group. Okay, nice. So it's like it's amazing. It's it's even though it's I'm the host and I'm the coach. Um, I feel we're on the same, all on the same level, and it's yeah. it's really enjoyable. I I love it. It's one of my highlights of the week. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, yeah, congratulations on it. It's really good. I enjoy it when I've when I've been and mm -hmm. uh, need to make it an action. Uh, to get along get along more often and uh, the other one that you've got on your t-shirt there in front of you is oh, yeah. uh, your uh, ASICS front runner so uh, yeah that's been a few years now you've been on the ASICS team so hmm. what does that what does that entail it's another community of runners you're effectively yeah. part of isn't it yeah so we're a community of runners all again hoping to inspire people to have a sound mind and a sound body, very yeah. obviously similar with healthy body, yeah. healthy mind. And yeah, and just to get moving in whatever way you enjoy moving. And um, obviously we wear our six kits and yeah. shoes. And yeah, but part of the quite a big team in the UK, I was originally in the Dubai team. And that was a huge motivator for me when I was in the Dubai team, I felt 
Like I, I almost like wanted to find my place in that team. Okay. And I wanted to be the, you know, we had all sorts of runners in the team and I wanted to be like one of the elite runners type okay. thing. I, right. And then, and, you know, some people wanted to be, you know, the mums that run yeah. to inspire other mums to keep running as part of their life. But I was quite wanting to, you know, inspire from a, from an elite mm -hmm. angle. Um, but I have come from not being a runner as well. And, you know, that was yeah. just, that was in 2018, which was, um when I first competed so yeah. um so yeah and people have seen me on that journey but I just I I love it it's really enjoyable being part of a a bigger group again mm -hmm. it's this maybe spirituality part of my spirituality yeah. and um some had some great experiences with them we ran from Dubai to Oman um as a as a group of seven seven women with the Asics team. That's right, yeah. And that was 180 kilometers in four days. And we navig navigated it ourselves. Um, so it was really quite enjoyable, good challenge. That was the furthest I've ran, I think, in a week for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, and it was pretty hilly as well and across sand and, sand and stuff, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> so it certainly was the most time on feet I've ever done in a yeah. week um so yeah awesome. cool mm. so and so then what what's uh what are the goals for metal cooper over the next running running goals over yeah. the next wee while what have you got up there um so i would love to represent great britain again okay. at the trail running world championships they are hopefully going to be in november in thailand thailand wow. this year so yeah I am looking to perform well in my race at the weekend um, in case it is a running CV that they look at. Yeah. Um, but there may be a trial race later this year. And if there is, then I will be going for that yeah. and um, hoping to be selected. Cool. Nice one. Well, yeah, good luck. Um, As it is, actually, I should mention that it's... Um, for the first time, the World Championships have gone now. They've changed the kind of structure to it, and there will be a long ultra okay. and a shorter ultra. So the 44 kilometers distance that I did before will be the short ultra, and now there's a long ultra, so it'll be 80 kilometers, which is more suited to me. So you'll be so, going for the 80 kilometers one. Yeah, yeah. Because why not? Yeah. And that's your strength. You love so it too. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so well, I I'm just going to get on to some roundup questions now. So, I ask every guest on the podcast for their top tip in three areas. Um, okay. So that those three areas are your top tip for improving performance, and that can be in running, it could be in your life, it could be whatever you want to answer in that regard. And um, your top tip for recovery, and your top tip for sleep. So first of all, Meryl, what's your top tip for improving performance? Top tip for improving performance, planning. Okay. And I suppose in all walks of life, that would probably apply then. Yeah. I just think you can't, you can't wing anything. Every little detail needs to be planned. So if you don't plan your meals for example 
in if you know you've got a busy week ahead and you've not thought about training and the, your meals and where they're going to fit and what you're going to have and you've not done the food shop how can you train consistently yeah um and it is all about getting consistency going i think consistency so maybe that's maybe that is my tip consistency <laughs> planning and consistency i'll take both <laughs> Planning for consistency. Yeah. Nice, nice. And uh, what about for recovery, improving recovery? What's your top tip there? Um, from like reducing stress. Okay. So, you know, if you are on a rest day, then it is a rest day. Yeah. <laughs> it's Actually not rest. that you that you go for a six hour hike but not a but you don't run um you know i think recovery you need to learn learn how to recover hard that's yeah, probably nice. it like it like it. yeah recover re- learn how to recover really well yeah. and, <laughs> get lazy uh, and finally your your top tip for improving sleep um reduce caffeine fair fair and i know that might seem very obvious but how many people still have a coffee in the afternoon yeah yeah that's that's for, and, that's for me i i am a caffeine drinker but i'm very mm. conscious of not having in the afternoon um, yeah yeah it but, can for, really but everyone's it. different again this bio individuality for some people um even if they have a coffee in the morning that will affect their sleep yeah. we're all so different and i think there's a lot of beliefs out there that Oh, I've built up a tolerance to it. Yeah. However, it's just become the normal, the norm for you doesn't mean you're getting good quality sleep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely cool. cut back on caffeine. Yeah. Um, I think that that would really help. Perfect. Mm. Great, great tips. Uh, so finally, where can people find you then? What's your socials? What's your website? Where can people find you and follow you? Um, so my website is merylcoopercoaching.com. Okay. So just, yeah, any, everything's Merrill Cooper Coaching. So that's the same name for Instagram, for Facebook. And yeah. And your, other, your personal Instagram is Merrill Runs Ultras. Yeah. Merrill underscore runs ultras. Yes. Yeah. Nice okay. Well, we'll put all this in the show notes anyway. Thank but you. Thanks very much for coming on, Merrill. And uh, finally, just one, one more time, all the best for your for your race on Sunday. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the HBHM podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that you can get 15% off at checkout on hbhm.com by putting in the code HBHMPOD. Please share the latest podcast on socials at Instagram. We are at HBHM official and we look forward to speaking to you next time.